They tell me this thing's on. Okay, it's on. Awesome. Good morning, Fellowship family. Welcome to High Crest this morning. We are so grateful that you're here. Man, that worship was awesome. Come on, give God, give God a praise for that worship. Wow. So my name's John Paul Washburn. I am not the pastor here. Uh, believe it or not, I do have a full-time job, and so this is, this is not it. But I'm so blessed to be able to come up here and to bring the message this morning. Um, growing up, my friends and family called me Paul. So if you call me John, and you call me John again, and I'm ignoring you, it's not because I'm a jerk, it's because that's just not what I, I, I went by growing up. But anyhow, enough about me. Let's, let's talk a little bit about my family before we get into the meat of what we're talking about here. <laughs> so there's my family there. My, my wife loves it that I put up this picture. But this is, I think, a good representation of us. Uh, we like to have fun. We can be serious when we need to be, but we like to have fun. My, Lindsay, or my wife, Lindsay, she uh, was up here leading worship this morning. And fellas... A fun fact about Lindsay is that she is always right. Okay? Husbands, can I, can I get an amen? <laughs> no, but, but really, uh, I, was, I was attracted to Lindsay because she had a heart for God um, and still does. She's genuine and, and she sees the best in people, and, and that's really great. McCoy there with his tongue sticking out. I mean, that's him. He loves to dance. He has dance moves that, like, you've never seen before. Um, He has a ton of personality. He loves sports. He loves technology. Um, He has a tender and a loyal and a loving heart for God, and that's so awesome. Lindsay and I's prayer for McCoy is that he is going to come up with an idea, probably technology-related, that is going to change the world. And if you're not praying prayers like that about your life and your children, maybe consider doing something like that. That is something that only God can do, is, is give you an idea that changes the course of history. And with the God and the Holy Spirit living inside of us, certainly all things are possible with him. And then EJ, the little girl in pink in the middle, she's four, Okay, um, but she genuinely believes that she's the boss. <laughs> How many of you have kids like that that are just strong-willed? Okay, I like to think that she has a little bit of mom's stubbornness and a little bit of my stubbornness, and we could tell her, EJ, you have two choices: you can either clean up your room or you can go to bed. And you know what she'll do? She'll play attorney on me, and she'll either ask me a question or give me option C. (laughs) Now, a few weeks ago there, Greg Pruitt was here, and he was talking about parenting. And one of the things that he mentioned was that growing up, he created a set of family values, um, some values that his family could remember and live by to hold each other accountable And our family liked that so much that we decided that we were going to sit down together and establish a set of of values for how we live and how we treat each other so that we can hold each other accountable. And we have found in just the few short weeks since we've established that, 
that when we stick to our family values, our tanks are full. And how many of you know that it's great to have a full tank, to be running on full? Right? Okay, let's get down to business. This right here was the bane of my existence a couple weeks ago. (laughs) I don't know if you can see it, but it says adult assembly only or something like that on that instruction manual. That, recently I moved offices. I'm an attorney here in town and I had to move unexpectedly. And so due to the move, I needed to to purchase some new furniture. So how many of you have ever bought anything from Ikea or just been to Ikea? Some of you. Just going to Ikea is just mind-boggling. But if you know about Ikea, they, their products are less in cost because you have to put them together. And when you put them together, there's just so many parts. It, it, it's very frustrating. So I thought I was going to be smart, and I went to Office Depot. And I purchased a desk from Office Depot thinking, I'm going to avoid the Ikea mess. I'm an attorney. I'm not a carpenter. I don't do well with putting things together. And Lindsay can attest to that. She usually takes the lead on things. But little did I know that when I opened the instruction manual, not only did it tell me that I needed to be an adult to put it together, but those are two of the three pages of parts that came with that desk. (laughs) Hundreds and hundreds of little bolts and washers and nuts. But even though it had an instruction manual, it did not make that the task any less dreadful. So... We all have moments like these in life where we think we have a plan and we think we have it all figured out, but somehow, some way, we get bogged down in the details. So let's talk about some of the things that can prevent us from living out God's plan in our life, some of the things that can bog us down. So men, let's talk to you men real quick again. How many of us completely skip over the instruction manual or the driving directions, or the warning signs, the caution signs, because we are men, and we can figure it out on our own. Okay? All right. (laughs) And how many of us, and here's a picture of a, a jigsaw puzzle with probably thousands and thousands of pieces, but how many of us would look at this jigsaw puzzle or look at the hundreds of parts in in a desk to assemble and just get simply overwhelmed with the task. So overwhelmed that you think about it and you think about it and you don't even know where to start. Or how many of us would start the project and then find pieces that don't seem to fit or maybe skip over a step and just walk away halfway through? Well, let me tell you, I've been there and done that. So many times before, how frustrating is it to spend time and money and energy and resources on a project and not be able to complete it? Sometimes we can feel like that in our life, that we are just putting in all the time and all the energy and all the resources, all the, all the know-how that we have or our friends have uh, or things that we find on the internet, and we just can't seem to figure it out. We can't seem to put the, pu- the puzzle pieces together. I am thankful here today that God is a God of grace and he is a God of mercy who is going to see us through all of these shortcomings. He wants us to run on full so we can use our full tank to bless others for his kingdom. 
If you don't get anything else out of this message here today, I just want you to just understand that God wants you to be full, to have a full life in Him so that you can be a blessing to others. So if you're having trouble being thankful, there are instructions in God's Word to cure your troubles. And if you follow these instructions, you will transform yourself from someone who runs on empty to someone who runs on full. So, we're continuing on with this, with this sermon series called Running on Full. And today I'm going to be talking through the reality that it's good to be full, right? So no one likes to have their tank of gas on E, right? That's dreadful. That causes anxiety. Some people like to play that game. I don't think I do. Um, who likes a cell phone with 1% battery? Especially when you need to, you know... When you're waiting for uh, someone to call you with that job interview, or you're waiting to hear back from a loved one who you haven't heard from, or simply you just want to check how much, uh, how much your bank account has gone up that day when you, when you bought that magic penny stock, right? Um, no, but who likes a bank account that's $0 when rent's due? I don't think any of us do. Likewise, being spiritually empty causes anxiety and worry. Okay? But there's hope, right? (laughs) Hope in Jesus, hope in his word. So similar to the instruction manual for my office desk, God's word contains everything that we need to know about living a life where we can be thankful and living a life where we run on full and not on fumes. So our focal passage today is Psalm 92. And if you look at the Bibles that are on your seat, which are a free gift to you. It's on page 356. So just some background for Psalm 92. Psalm 92 is written by King David. And it was intended to be a a psalm, a song, that was sung by God's people on the Sabbath day. And in David's day, the Sabbath day was a day of rest and reflection, a day where God's people could just have some time to themselves, to not be out toiling and working a day where people could relax and think about the goodness of God. God created the Sabbath so that man could reflect on how good he really is. In today's terms, we can think of the Sabbath as a day to just recharge our batteries. Some people call it a mental health day. Um, Our kids like to call it a hangout day. It's just a day where you don't have to be doing anything, be grinding gears, be working. And so that's the context for Psalm 92. So I'd like to read through that. It's not a very long psalm. So let's, um, let's go ahead and read. I'm going to read out the, the NLT version, which is on 356. So it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. You guys did that so great this morning. It is good to proclaim His unfailing love in the morning and His faithfulness in the evening when you, when you get up and when you go to sleep, accompanied by a ten-string instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. Thank God for Braille on the keys this morning. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O oh, Lord, what great works you do and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know and only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, They will be destroyed forever. But you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. 
Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have made me strong as an ox. How many know that is super strong? That's not as strong as your cat. That's not as strong as the mouse that was running through my garage last night. That's as strong as an ox that can till a field just like a tractor nowadays. You have anointed me with the finest oil, not just that everyday extra value brand oil, but the finest perfume, the finest oil. God anointed David with the finest oil, and he recognized that. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard of the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Amen. Amen. All right. So again, King David is writing to encourage God's people to stay thankful by focusing on God's goodness. When we stay thankful, we stay full. And when we are full, we don't find ourselves looking for something else to satisfy our needs and desires. Okay? So let's look at a couple of things that will help us have a thankful heart and that will help us go from running on empty to running on full. And the first is, thankfulness is a choice. Okay? Thankfulness is more than just a feeling. It is more than just a kind gesture or kind words. Before thankfulness becomes a habit, a daily attitude, or the song of the heart, it must be a deliberate choice that we make. So let's think of my desk. In order to get the desk that I wanted, I had to, had to pick it out. I did some online research. I compared. Sometimes I can compare for days, and Lindsay just tells me to pull the trigger. That's just what I do. So I had to decide on the style and the function. I got her advice because she's always right. And I, I followed the directions, and I invested the time into getting it all together. Okay? I had to make a choice to select something that I thought would be a good fit for my office. And similarly, let's look back at verse 7, where David says, Though the wicked sprout like weeds, and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. So King David wants us to know that despite what our circumstances might look like, that God is in control. It's good enough that I put it on a slide. So despite what our circumstances might look like, God is in control. So it doesn't matter what we feel or what we think or what the weather says or what the news says, God is in control. So God is in control is not just a feel-good saying that we say to just try to hype ourselves up. It's not a hallmark slogan or something that you put on a greeting card or a churchy meme. It's the reality that the creator of the universe knew each and every one of you before you were born. Okay, He created you in his image to be like him. And he has a good and a perfect plan for your life. We must make the choice, like King David made the choice, to believe this. King David in verse 7 saw the turmoil in his life. 
And even though the situation looked a certain way, he was making the choice that God was in control. In the same way when I opened my desk and I about had a meltdown because of all those pieces, I had to make the choice to see the process through. There was no way around it if I wanted to get the finished product. And I had to trust the process. I had to trust all 21 pages of that manual to accomplish the goal. And I didn't have my wife there to help me out because she was in California, so I had to be a big boy and do it all myself. Okay? So what what does making a choice to be thankful look like practically? Because I don't want to just be up here saying words that we can't really apply to our life. So maybe it's just a prayer when you wake up saying, Hey, God, I woke up grumpy, but thank you for today. I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your plan for my life. And I'm excited about your plan. I may not feel like it, but you know what, God? I'm excited about your plan. One of the things that that I like to do, and, and Lindsay makes fun of me sometimes, I know I'm, it's, you know, it, it's a good back and forth, but really, so when we're worshiping, and you guys did great with that this morning, but when we're worshiping, sometimes if I don't feel like I'm locked in, or maybe it's not my jam, or maybe it's just I've got so much going on in my head that I can't slow down from the day, I will just start praying during worship. God, I thank you that we're here today. God, I thank you that your presence is here God, I thank you for everyone in this room that they would experience your presence and be transformed by what we're doing here today. And I just start thanking him and giving him praise for who he is and what he's going to do in that service. And by doing that, it allows me to just make the choice to lock in and be thankful on him. And it transforms the way that that I'm thinking about my day to the way that he's thinking about my day, and it allows me to, to really have a great experience in worship. That's helpful to me, and it may be helpful to you. If, you, if, it's, if, if Braille's vibing up here and it's not your vibe, start praying, okay? <laughs> if Lindsay's vibing up here and it's not your vibe, start giving thanks to God for what you're going to hear in the message for the musicians up here, for the teams that are taking care of all the hospitality here, for what God's going to do in your life and your family during the week. Start just thanking him, and I dare you, he will come through for you. If you choose to follow God's instructions for your life, you're making a choice to be thankful. Thankfulness must follow in that situation. I want to challenge you, we shouldn't compare our situation to anything or anyone else. Because God's plan is a plan of victory for our lives and for you individually. I think I made a good point there, right? Okay, there we go. That's a good water break. I don't know how Jonathan does it talking up here. Okay, so it can be discouraging when we see people doing all the wrong things but having good things happen to them? Like, how is this heathen rich? Or, you know, like, (laughs) you know, right? Okay. (laughs) I mean, or how is this dude who probably doesn't treat his kids or his wife very well getting all the promotions? Okay? We hear people say, why do bad things happen to good people? 
Like David, when we get frustrated, when we see the weeds growing out of control, either physically or metaphorically in our lives, let me promise you that those weeds only last for a season. Just like evil and wickedness only last for a season. God's plan and his word and his goodness is eternal. And that is your reward. Make the choice to focus on that and not on the weeds, and not on the circumstances, and it will change your life. If we try to use someone else's instructions for our life, or refuse to follow God's instructions, we'll become frustrated and confused. Our tanks will run empty as we waste energy trying to be something that we were not created to be. Okay? Let's go back to the desk project. If I tried to use an IKEA instruction manual on that Office Depot desk, it would look a hot mess, right? If I didn't follow the directions step by step, I wouldn't have achieved the goal of putting the desk together. I had to choose to trust and follow the process, regardless of whether it was one page or 21 pages 10 parts or hundreds of parts, I had to choose and trust and follow the process. Just like we have to make the choice to be thankful and choose and trust to follow God's process in our life. Let's look at some other areas of scripture where um, we can connect to Psalm 92. In Job 13, 15, he says, even though God might kill me, even though God might kill me, I have no other hope but in him. That's pretty drastic, but pretty real, right? In 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking 12.9. 2 Corinthians 12.9, God tells Paul that his grace is sufficient for him and that his power is made perfect in Paul's weakness. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. You just have to trust that God and his Holy Spirit inside of you that power is going to be made perfect in your weakness. And if you join up with God's plan for your life, then everything is going to be just fine. God's plan is eternal. His reward is eternal. And just as David's circumstances in this scripture may have looked grim, and just like Job's and Paul's circumstances may have looked grim, we see that they made the choice. They made the choice. They were deliberate in their choice that God was their only hope. And his plan for their lives was a much greater plan than what their circumstances looked like at that specific moment in time. There we go. So you say, well, instructions are nice. They're helpful. And being able to read and understand those instructions in God's word, that's helpful and that's nice. But unless I have the right tools to complete the project, I probably can't get that project completed. So let's look at the tools that King David gives us in Psalms 92 as they are essential for completing the project. Okay, there they are. I'm not going to run through each and every one of them necessarily because we already read through the verses. But here's the deal. The point is thankfulness is built using the right tools. It doesn't matter if you have the best manual in the world if you don't have the right tools to put it together. David, he was a man after God's own heart. Okay? He was a man after God's own heart. 
He is giving us a list of tools that are useful for completing the project of being a person who is thankful and running on full. The thing about tools is that the more you use them, the better you get at completing the task. Okay? The more you use the tool, the better you are at mastering the skill, right? God's word is intended to be used over and over so you can master having a heart of thankfulness and running on full. If you don't use it, you lose it. Have you heard that saying? Okay. So we were doing a project, and for the longest time, I was a bachelor, I had some cheap tools, and we were trying to put together EJ's swing set, and it just wasn't cutting the mustard. And so my wife said, you know what, be like my dad, he's smart, he's a contractor, go get you some real tools. So we went down, <laughs> we went down, and we bought some, some nice Milwaukee drills, and I brought them home, and guess what? Those things work like a champ. It's amazing how having the right tool for the job can make life so much easier. The Bible and God's Word is the the right tool for the job of your life. And if you use it effectively, it will make situations and circumstances that seem bleak just so much easier. You'll You'll be hopping over those hurdles like you're the world champ. Okay, so let's talk about, again, some practical things that we face where we can apply God's Word. So it's the holidays, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas. You get to eat a lot. You get to see family. That's always fun. But sometimes we just don't feel that great around the holidays. It could be the weather. It could be dealing with uncomfortable situations. So what do you do about that? Well, David says, grab the tool of God's joy because joy makes a heart merry. If you're feeling defeated, grab the tool of praise. We did that this morning, and it was awesome, right? Are you having trouble knowing the difference between the truth and a lie for your life? Speak God's word. It's truth. Are you feeling attacked by the enemy or in your situation? Grab the tool of worship. God's word says that he will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Come on now. (laughs) When you're in that situation and you're surrounded by the enemy and you can't get out, God says, hey, I'm not going to rescue you. Let's get a table and let's have dinner in the presence of our enemies. What? Come on now. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. But that's why God's plans and his thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And so we need to make the choice to follow him. If you're lost and alone, Unite yourself with other believers because unity in the body is better than isolation. If you're feeling like your life has no plan, no end goal, maybe that your life is not worth living even, recognize God's anointing on your life to prepare you for every task that comes your way. Do you feel like your needs aren't getting met? Exalt God and focus your attention on him. All of these tools help you lead a full life. Just like David used those pebbles in his sling as weapons to defeat Goliath, you can use these biblical pebbles, these biblical principles to put in your sling and defeat any giant in your life. They're right here. Use them. 
You have them at your disposal. Let's go back to talking about my project. Putting something together and going after that end goal, it costs you something. It costs you time, money, resources, energy to complete. It's the same with being thankful and running on full. We must give up something in order to gain in God's kingdom. I want to show you a quick video of uh, fall retreat. Our youth had the, the amazing opportunity to go on fall retreat last weekend, and God really showed up. And I think, or actually I know, it's because the youth had a great expectation that God was going to do something great, and they implemented some of these tools in those sessions to make God known, and God really showed up and spoke to our youth. Okay, guys, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> these are your kids. That's Yurish and Highcrest coming together, seventh through seniors in high school, just giving their all to worship God. I mean, that is so, so encouraging. And God spoke to so many of those students. We had atheists converting over to becoming believers. We had people, yeah, come on now. We had, we had people getting saved. We had God talking to kids and them hearing his voice for the first time ever. We had kids understanding what it meant to just get in the scripture and ask God to speak. And guess what? He spoke. It's no, it's no voodoo. It's, it's, it's no formula. This is just God being real in people's lives who are asking for him to be real. And so let's talk through the final point here. Thankfulness is a sacrifice. Moving offices and tackling this project was a sacrifice. 
It cost me something. But you know what? I did it because it was a better fit for my new space. It looked better. It provided space for my staff to feel more comfortable and be more productive. And the sacrifice was worth it. Again, the sacrifice to be thankful is worth it. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Psalms 92, 12, and 13. But the God will flourish like palm trees and go strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house, and they flourish in the courts of God. David wants us to realize that following God yields great benefits, but requires us to be willing to sacrifice everything to be in God's presence. If you're thinking how sacrifice could lead to running on full and living a, a thankful life, like how, how does that actually work? Well, let's look to the ultimate example in Scripture, Jesus. If you choose to give up your way for God's way, being thankfulness is part of that decision. Thankfulness will come if you choose to give up your way for God's way. Jesus submitted himself to God's plan to come to the earth and redeem God's creation. Jesus sacrificed everything to save us, and we are to follow his lead. Jesus gave up his comfort, his reputation, his friends, his followers, and ultimately his life so that we can live a full life in him. His word reminds us that whoever wants to save his life by working and doing things on their own will lose it. But the person who will lose his life, who will sacrifice, will gain eternal life and the Father's reward in heaven. In Rooted, we learn what it looks like to be a healthy follower of Christ. One of the principal scriptures in Rooted is Colossians 2.7. It says, let your, roots, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. We see here that when we choose to grow in God and when we choose to allow our lives to be built on him, even if it means sacrificing our own ways, and sacrificing everything we know to be true for God's truth, we will grow strong and we will overflow. What a great promise we can hold on to. Let's wrap this up. King David's Psalm 92 shows us that being thankful requires both a deliberate choice and a sacrifice of our own plan in exchange for God's ideas in order to be thankful and run on full. David gives us the tools we need to run on full. We went through those tools. We need to be joyful, give God praise, sing, speak the truth, be united, worship together, shout when we need to shout. Shout louder than you shout for the chiefs. Come on. Jesus is worth it. Acknowledge what he's done for you by exalting him. Recognize the gifts he's given to you, the tools he has given to you. Watch and listen for him to show himself real in your life. Stay in his presence and choose to make your life a living sacrifice for him, which is the ultimate example of thankfulness and gratitude 
to a God who created us and who loves us despite us. We're not perfect, but he loves us still. He sent his son to save us from ourselves. Thank the Lord. He sent his spirit to empower us, to live inside of us, to preach his good news to others. To be honest, sometimes I struggle with being thankful. I consider myself a positive and an optimistic person, but there are times when my attitude just stinks. And that's the opposite of thankfulness. There was a point in my life I had grown up in a Christian household. I attended a private Christian university for college. I had all the tools I needed to walk with God. And guess what? I neglected to use one. And the fruit that came of that was death and destruction. But thank God for his mercy. There are times in my life when I don't appreciate that in order to gain life, Real life, eternal life, I must sacrifice my own selfish desires in control for his. All of these things have caused me to run on a tank that's empty versus a tank that's full. But thank the Lord that God wants us to run on full and not on empty. So this morning, if you are tired of trying to put your life together on your own, If you can't figure out the instruction manual for your life, if you can't seem to understand where this is all going, God has offered you his instructions in place of your own. They're his free gift. He has offered you his son, Jesus. And all you have to do is acknowledge that you cannot figure it out on your own. (laughs) You cannot figure it out on your own. The smartest person can't do it. Ask God to forgive you for living for yourself. Ask God to forgive you for trying to substitute your own judgment for his ways. Let him know that you believe that he has a better plan for you in your life. And that plan is his son, Jesus, who lived and died and rose again. Amen? All right. If there's anyone in here as we pray that doesn't know Jesus... I'm going to invite you to just pray a prayer of forgiveness. Pray a prayer of repentance. Ask God to come into your heart. Ask Jesus to become a part of your life so that you can be saved and so you can live a life that runs on full through him because he is all you need. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your son, and I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for each and every person in this room that if if they are struggling with their own plan, if they don't know what it's like to have a plan of success, that you would reveal that to them right now. And so, God, if we don't, If we don't know you, if there's any person that doesn't know you, God, we just ask you to forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us for trying to do it our own way. And God, we just ask you to come into our lives through your son, Jesus, to save us and to redeem us and to substitute your plan, your perfect plan for our own so that we can run on full. God, we believe that you sent your son, Jesus. 
We believe that your plan is eternal, and we believe that your spirit will live inside of us to empower us to run on full, even when we don't feel like it. So God, I just pray that you would transform lives this morning. I pray that these people would never, never, never forget this day and that they would not leave the same going out as when they came in. God, help us to use the tools that you have given us to live a full life. God, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your cross. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you as we sing this last song to just go after it. Go after it with all you have. Use the example of the video I showed of Fall Retreat where those kids didn't care about anything or anyone. And as a teenager, by God, you probably care about your friends. But just go after God this morning. He's waiting right here for you.